morning, everybody. Wow, what a powerful morning already, I feel like. Oh, I've got enough. I could just almost go home. <laughs> it's so good. Just hearing about how God um, has moved and transformed everybody's lives. Um, it started in the prayer time with our mate over here, sharing about how he had encountered God's love. And it, oh, it just blew me away even just hearing it. You could feel the Holy Spirit and then Kayla's testimony and just how God had just his love had transformed your life and saved you. And like, you know, it's just so incredible. And all, the, all of this stuff up here too. I'm just honor you guys. Um, so I'll just pray. Father God, I just thank you so much that you love us and that your love does transform us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and that you're moving and you move in a greater way than we could ever imagine. And I just pray that you do that today, that you just speak into every spirit that we encounter you and that we just get to really see you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Okay, if I can please have the first um, verse up, Vange, on Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. So we're going to read a bit about God's love. It says, oh, cool. Okay. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you strong. And, and may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. How cool is that? May you experience the love of Christ, although it's too great to understand. Hey, it's crazy. And then it says that you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Experiencing his love is one of the most powerful things we can ever do. And I remember reading this verse a few years ago, and I just got the deepest desire that I need this. I need more of this. I want to know more about your love. I want to experience it and know it in a greater way. And I got up and I remember praying. I prayed almost every morning, I think. I'd say, wake up and say, Lord, let me see your love today. Let me experience it. Give it a revelation that won't make sense in my mind, but I want to experience this love. And I can tell you, I started to immerse myself like what, um, like what Anadu was saying about I started reading every verse I could find about his love. I'd read that. I would sing about his love. I would just think about his love all day long. And, it, and he answered me and he moved in such a powerful way. I experienced his love. And I think his love has transformed my life more than almost anything else. It's just so incredible. Um, and, and so one of the first things that I noticed that changed when I experienced his love was that um, I started to view God in a really different way. It squashed all these misconceptions that I had about God, that he's like this distant, hardline dude in the sky, you know. Um, and all, all of a sudden, as I'm reading about it and, and experiencing it, I, I saw that, um, that he is an, he's easy to approach and that he's always there with his arms wide open, you know, um, that he is. It's like the prodigal son. He's ready to just draw you back home. He, he's the, 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 the God who leaves the 99 to go after the one, like what Kayla shared. There was no limits. This God was like, you are mine from the beginning to the end, girl. That's us. And he just went, no limits for you, girl. And, and that's for all of us. This is his love. Um, I started to see whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley. It says nothing can separate him from us, our, from his love. And so I started to experience this. It's crazy. I started to see what an intimate love he has for us. It says that he knows every single hair on your head. How crazy is that? He knows when you get up, when you sit down, when you go out, when you come home. And in the morning, he is still with you, just sitting there watching you. You know, it's so beautiful. 
<laughs> but he is. These stuff, these intricate little details matter to him because we matter to him. Like it's, he's just such a loving God. And, you know, experiencing this um, love just totally changed the way that I viewed him. Um, and I also think that it really changed um, the way I'd approach him or, um, yeah, I, it, it, it drew me to him. The more that I experienced his, his love, I just, like what Andrew was saying this morning, you're not going to church because you should or singing that song because it's probably about time I did that or reading the Bible. It's like, I need more of this. I want to go. Man, I want to be in the house of the Lord. I want to worship him every moment. We're like that obsessed child who just thinks their dad is just the most amazing. We want to dress like him. We want to act like him. We just want to talk about him all the time. He's just so amazing. And that's what shifted too as I experienced his love. I just wanted to be with him so much more and it drew me to him. Um, that's what his love does. It does draw us to him. And it also, um, experiencing his love changed the way um, that I viewed love and the way that I could love other people. Um, again, it just smashed all the misconceptions that I've been brought up to think love looks like. Who knows that God's love is on the opposite side of the spectrum to the world's love. Um, and it's just so incredible. And, um, and we know that God's love is true because God created love. God is love, and so we know that if you want to know what the definition of it is, is you just look at Jesus, and it's just beautiful. Um, so as we live in God's love, I think it rapidly changes our lives, and I'm just going to touch on some ways that I feel like, I guess it changed my view on love and the way that I can um, love others and how I've experienced his love. So the first thing um, is, is that I recognize that, or I experience that his, we're safe in his love. Um, that we're safe to be real with him. We're safe to have feelings. We're safe to be um, sad and frustrated about things. We can question things with him. Um, and we're safe to bring all of our struggles um, and our falling shorts straight to him. You know, and, and he's not mad and he's not shocked and surprised by our falling short at all. <laughs> Instead, in Hebrews 4, 15 to 16, it says, Jesus, our high priest, understands our weaknesses. He gets it, eh? For he faced all of the same testings that we do, and yet he did not sin. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. That is, that is our God. He's not a dad that when we've mucked up that we need to go and hide from, out of fear of his angry judgment or something. But instead, he is a God that we run to when we're like, man, I messed up. Oh, my gosh, I really need you, you know. And we know that he's going to greet us with grace and just wrap us up in his arms. And he's going to help us, you know. Um, it's so cool. And the, and the beautiful thing, too, is that when we do turn to Jesus like this, that we are met with grace. But also, in that place, that's where our sins fall off. Um, he covered them all on the cross already, which is so beautiful. And what he does is... Um, when we don't, the sins don't fall off because we work really hard at it. When we're in the presence of God and in his love and in his grace, he reminds us of who we are, that we are completely right standing with him because of his son. He gives us, he gave us a new heart when we received him, eh? So it says this new heart is tender and responsive to him. And so what happens is you sit in his love and all of a sudden 
you have this deep desire to do it His way. You feel empowered to do it His way. Eh? You know, this is really living. This is what I want to do, Lord. And then He gives you the power and strength to overcome it because we're victorious in Him. Hallelujah. <laughs> so it's so good. That's what we want to do. When we're in a pickle, we want to run to Him. We know we are safe in God's love. And we want others to feel the same with us. We want to respond to them the same way. And I think there's a few things that if somebody is courageous enough to be honest with you about something that they're struggling with, um, one of the first things that I think can be is really important is that they are met. Um, they know that we're not going to pass anything on. You know that their trust in us is a really precious thing, and um, and we sh- we value that and we want to protect them. You know, um, another thing I think which is making them safe in our love is um, that they need to know that we're not going to hold it against them in the future. Yeah. And I know that sounds out of it, but. I was like the worst at this, especially in our early years of marriage. It's like you bring up the trump card from years ago just to win the argument. It's crazy. (laughs) Praise God. I'm a work in progress. (laughs) But no, he did a work in me in that. Um, And do you know what it came from is I remember sitting with Jesus and just thinking, not once have you brought up my record of wrongs. Instead, it says he takes it and he casts it out into the deepest oceans and I'm choosing never to remember that again. How crazy is that? And that gave me the deepest desire. It moved me to think, I never want to do that. And the most interesting thing is as I stopped bringing up other people's records of wrongs, I also stopped bringing up my own. There was a lot of stuff that I'd bring up and think about and feel all this guilt and shame even though I'd given it to Jesus at the cross. But as I started to not hold other records of wrongs, mine also fell off as well. And it was a really beautiful thing God did there. Yeah, it's cool, eh? Um, Another thing I think is when someone um, is honest with us about their struggle, that we need to respond out of a place of love and not of fear. And I think sometimes when my um, kids are telling me something, I've noticed that um, I'll react out of, uh, it's a fear reaction, I'll start to think. And as they're telling me something I've done wrong, I'll start to feel like, one, insecure. What did everyone think about this? Did everyone see this happen? Oh, gosh, you know. Um, and that's not God, eh, you know. Um, that shame. Also, as they're telling me something, I'm like going the next step, the next step, and I'm like, oh, starting to hear it as this big deal, and it's like I'm worried for their future. Like my son's four, I'm like thinking, oh, the, you know, what about when he's an adult? What will this, how will this play out? And it's like, you know, when you... Um, feel that fear and you respond from a place like that, what it often looks like is a massive overreaction, a complete flip out moment. Um, And usually you do like, you say things that are shaming or whatever, like that kind of thing. And um, what the Holy Spirit's um, been doing in me, which has just been so cool is, um, and he does this, he's our helper. So when I start to, if I start to feel that, Holy Spirit will show me that's fear and at least to prompt you in it. And then he gives you the self-control that if you can't act out of peace and grace towards him, then he goes, zip it, and you just go and be still for a moment, go and just sit with Jesus. And what happens is when you just go and sit with Jesus, you're filled with his love. And you know what? It says that his perfect love casts out all fear. You cannot sit with Jesus and then still be worried. That's not what happens in his presence. And so what happens is you do that, you get filled with his love, and within seconds I'm like, you know, who cares what anyone else thinks? Anyway, I'm not after the approval of men, but of God, hallelujah. That falls off. And then I start thinking, oh, but I'm worried about the future. No, I'm in his love. And I think, they are your tamariki before they are mine. And like, you promise amazing things for the future. I'm like, whoa, you know, it completely changes my, changes 
my heart and I go back and usually then when you have the, ne- the conversation with them out of love, I don't even feel like half the time I need to tell them what to do anyway. You just sit there, have a gentle chit-chat and they usually have already worked out the right way to go anyway. It's beautiful. But Holy Spirit helps us with this and he's so good like that. And um, and the other thing I think is when someone's courageous to be honest with us about their struggles is that we need to be meeting them like Jesus, not with shock or judgment, um, but with grace and truth and real compassion um, and pointing them back to him. And I think one of the biggest things that's helped me to be able to um, extend grace to other people has been me realizing the sheer magnitude of my own shortfallings, my own sins, the great magnitude of how much I fall short and that Jesus covers it all, you know, and when you just sit in there and realize that, again, it's his love that moves us to extend grace. It's not a work thing. And so we're safe to be honest and to bring everything to the light. You know, the enemy likes to keep things in darkness so he can ladder it with shame and guilt and all that kind of stuff. But there's something really powerful that happens when we bring things to light. Even having the courage to share these amazing testimonies. And we sit there and we think, think it resonates with us and, and it gives us hope and it gives us courage to think, I'm going to, you know, go up for prayer. I'm going to, you know, like it's such a beautiful thing. And we can bring everything into the light. And and what happens when we do that, when we take it to Jesus, is he decides to take it completely. And so what happens is not only do we have complete victory in him, so we get freedom from things when we take them, say, Jesus, I'm struggling with this. He gives us victory over it and he heals us and he sets us free from things. But also now he says, because I'm next level, I'm going to use it for the good. So then you are going to have a compassion and an understanding for someone who's going through that struggle that you never would have had had you not walked through that. He's so incredible. But also too, he takes, he gives us, you, you you carry a hope. Because you were set free by Jesus, you were healed by Jesus. So then you say, oh, you're struggling with that. Well, guess what? This is the answer. I carry hope and the answer. Jesus, and then and he'll do it for you too. This is it. It's a simple thing, but it's powerful. Jesus takes some of his ugliest stuff and he turns it beautiful. And there is a power when we bring things into the light. It's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, we're safe. We're safe in his love, and that's a really powerful thing to be able to walk in and to be able to um, extend to others as well. Another thing that I've learned about God's love is that it's um, sacrificing. It's a really sacrificing love. And we see this when we look at Jesus and his time on earth, not just on the cross. Obviously, that was an incredible sacrifice. But also, he just constantly lived on the daily, laying his life down for others, turning the other cheek, being persecuted and still loving them. Like, he was next level. And even the humility of him coming to earth. This is God, king of the universe. Like, And he left heaven and all its beauty and comfort and came down here to live on this earth because you matter. We matter to him. Like it's, it's crazy. Eh? He's so good. That is sacrifice and it would have been hard. And I think um, sacrificing love looks like doing hard things and doing uncomfortable things for the sake of love. So that's like being patient with someone who's been a whore. It's like loving, um, loving our enemies and um, and, and forgiving people who mistreat us, 
It's hard. Um, it looks like laying our lives down for each other. And this stuff is really hard, and I can tell you we cannot do it in our own strength, nor did he ever ask us to, praise God. <laughs> but he says that we can do everything that God asks us to with the help of Christ who gives us the strength and the power. And so in him, when we make that decision that I'm going to forgive them anyway, or whatever the thing is, he sees that and he sees that sacrifice and he honours us in it by giving us the, the, the ability to actually go ahead and do it. Praise God. Um, so, 1 Corinthians 13. Is that where we are? Sorry, guys. Yeah, so 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is not proud. And I think that sacrificing our pride is one of um, the most hardest but most incredible things to do. And this is something that um, has been a big move in our whare. Um, I think being able to say sorry was a big one. And I used to feel this overwhelming sense of embarrassment or I don't know what it was. It was really hard for me to say sorry and acknowledge my wrongs. But um, God really gave me the courage and um, the strength to be able to go ahead and the humility to be able to go ahead and say sorry. And it's just been so healing and so powerful for our house, right down to your little babies to be able to acknowledge, you know, mum was a bit short or whatever it is. It's just such a powerful and beautiful thing. Yeah, and also sacrificing our pride. And I think, I, I was thinking, it's like sacrificing that need to always be right. Um, you know, is it good to win an argument but to lose a person? Or to, um, you know, over proving a point completely dis destroy the vulnerability in your relationship? Yeah. You know, it, it's a big cost. And who knows that so much of the time we're actually arguing over, like, the dumbest stuff. Things that you don't even care about that much, but... Pride can come and just push us to keep on going, keep on going at any cost. And sometimes what you're saying might actually be right, but it's the way that we're saying it um, can totally crush their spirit. And that's not love. You know, that's not love. And, and they might remember what we've said, but they, they, they might not remember what we've said, but they'll remember how we made them feel. And, and, um, and I've noticed this with my kids. The times that I have just dominated over them and shut them down in a conversation. Um, and I watch them shrivel up and then they stop telling you stuff. Yeah. You know, pride squashes vulnerability. And um, I reckon that vulnerability in a relationship is one of the most precious treasures that we can have. And it takes a lot of time and work <laughs> um, to build that back up, eh? And so we just can't be losing it over a silly little point, you know? Like it's, it's a precious thing. Um, <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Sorry, guys. Um, oh, and it does say, it talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3, and it explains that you can have the gift of prophecy. You can have all the knowledge of God in heaven, but if we don't love others, it is counted as worthless. You know, so it's like, you know, it's crazy. But, but praise God that pride is not on the throne of our hearts. You know, because of Jesus, he gave us a new heart. And what is on the throne of our heart is love, is Jesus. And so that means that when, when we are with, talking with people, that um, we can speak with truth and grace. You know, there's a real gentleness that comes with loving each other. Um, and also, praise God again, we've got the Holy Spirit, which comes to help us with this. And he will prompt us and show us, you know, are you still seeing the person or are you, is it more about your point now, you know? Um, and he gives us the self-control to be able to pull back, 
when we need to, which is so cool. And I just think, yeah, sacrificing pride's been a real biggie in our whanau, and it's, um, and I can just say it's been such a blessing to be able to do that, you know? Um, and so sacrificing love is also like laying our lives down for each other. You know, Christ, Christ gave up his life for each of us, and he held nothing back. Pastor Paul talked about this last weekend, and it's such a beautiful challenge. It's so cool. John 15, 12 to 13 says, this is my commandment, love each other the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than laying laying one's life down for one's friend. There's no greater love than that. That's amazing. And so I think in our whanau, what it looks like um, is sitting in the cold at the rugby field for hours because your babies want to play. It looks like Ruben sitting through another princess movie with Shiloh for hours, you know. (laughs) Or when I'm showing him every detail of this new hairstyle I did and explaining it, and he listens intently. You know, that is sacrifice, let's be honest. Or like... (laughs) Um, Or like Ruben gets up at five o'clock every morning to get ready for mahi, and I love my sleep. Like, I love it. Like, I feel like it's... It's amazing. Anyway, (laughs) it really means a lot to me. But when I get up at 5 a.m., which doesn't happen all the time, but when I do and I sit there to have a coffee with him, I can't even tell you what it does to this man. He feels so loved and blessed by it. It's crazy. Sometimes sacrificing your wants and needs for the love, for the sake of loving somebody else is just so such a beautiful thing. Um, And it might look like being in the kitchen longer making two dinners because you want to bless somebody else. Or it might look like standing in the pouring down rain, helping a stranger change their tire and ending up completely soaked, but because they matter, you know? Um, it, it's sacrificing for the sake of love. And I think that laying down our lives for each other will be uncomfortable. It is hard. And often the other person isn't even going to do it back. <laughs> and that's okay because it was never dependent on these things. We can't be in our in our home, in our whanau, and waiting. Oh, well, I'll lay down my life when you lay down yours, Reuben. You know, like, it doesn't work like that. It's like, you got to make that decision. If things are not, if we are not living for serving each other, we can't make other people, we just got to make that decision yourself. Well, I'm going to do it. And what happens, though, is it's amazing. Like, it's like a tit for tat. You know how you do tit for tat in the bad way? It's like that, but it's the good way. You almost are like, no, I'll bless you. No, I'll bless you, you know? <laughs> it's, such, it's such a beautiful thing. And I can tell you, again, this is like, um, I really believe this is like living. And it's a kingdom principle, so it makes no sense on this earth. But I can tell you that, like, you know, the fruit that comes from this is just incredible, For starters, it fills you. It starts to fill you more to bless them than it does for them to bless you. Like, it just makes no sense. But you catch it. There's harmony in your home and your marriage, and you feel valued. When you're looking after each other, there's less time to be thinking about yourself and doing your own thing. You just can kind of, like, let go and just have fun together and chill and just look after each other. It's it's a really beautiful thing. And also another really great fruit is that your babies see it, and they learn to love like this, not because you're teaching them, but because it becomes their nature by living it. 
And, I, and I've noticed this, even with my Shiloh, she's four years old, and she'll go to her brother Malachi's school assembly, and she'll sit in there, and would she prefer to be on the playground? Yep, probably. <laughs> but she's not forced to sit there, and she's not sitting there like this. Her face is shining, you know? She's cheering for him because that's her brother's time to shine, and she's for him. Like, they learn to sacrifice their own wants from such a young age for the joy of blessing and loving on other people. Sacrificing love is like a really beautiful thing. And there's so much more to God's love, but because I know that I'm nearly out of time and it would take, you could just talk about his love for years, couldn't you? (laughs) Um, But the last thing I just wanted to touch on is um, that his love is unconditional. His unconditional love has hands down been one of the most impactful things that I've ever experienced in my life. And it's hugely changed how I love other people. So um, when our nephew passed away, um, we got into like a really dark place. It was so hard. The heaviness of grief felt like a physical weight. And I remember having anxiety, which would literally take my breath away. Um, And I'd never experienced this. Or even, um, it was like you're just exhausted all the time. And the heaviness of it, I'd try to just, even to get out of bed in the morning, felt like you're dragging yourself. Like, you know, you're just, you're so heavy with this. And um and I feel like we were just, we were, we were messes, to be honest. And I remember sitting, um, my daughter was in the bath, and I was sitting on the floor in the bathroom just watching her in the bath. And I remember just sitting there feeling so exhausted, and I didn't even, I don't even think I cried out to God, but I remember his love coming in and just consuming me in like the most powerful way. And I can't even, there's no words that will explain it, but it just moved me so fully. And um, I remember saying or thinking to him, um, I got nothing for you. Like, you know, I, I got nothing to offer you at all. And I knew in that instant, I don't need anything from you. <laughs> you know, I don't need anything from you. There's no time pressures on you to get better. I don't, there's no conditions, no expectations on you, whatever. If you're on the floor in the bathroom, then he's sitting there. I'm on the floor with you, you know. And it was so powerful. And it just moved me in such a massive way. He decided Regardless of your state, I just love you wholly and completely. It's powerful. He also didn't change our circumstances or take us out of it. But in that love, in that in experiencing that love, I found everything that I needed to sustain me. It just makes no sense, but it was so powerful. Isaiah 54:10. It says, This is Jesus talking to us. It says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. (laughs) It's so powerful. The world was literally falling down around me, but I was in the secret place with him, just consumed by his love. And I couldn't focus on anything else. It was all too much. But just me and him, I'm all good. Like if I'm just with you and in your love. It was like he secures you and makes you safe in his love that unconditional love. And praise God, he continued to love me like this all the way back into wellness, which is so powerful. And it completely transformed how I knew to love others as well. I've always been a fixer. So um, thinking I need to do and say the right things and that's going to make somebody better. I hated seeing people suffer and you just want to make it better. Um, And how can I do that, you know? But this, you know, I totally underestimated the power of just loving somebody right where they're at. (laughs) It's so good. And my Reuben, he was um, still stuck for quite a while after. He lost so much in our TJ. 
um, he was so broken and he got really depressed. He was exhausted all the time. He had the most tormenting thoughts. He's the oldest male in his whanau, so he actually is like, held the weights that he had to, um, not just our own immediate family hold us up, but he also felt he had to hold his entire whanau up. You know, that's the the role that he has been, like, has in his family. Um, and so the weights that were on his shoulders were immense. And then he couldn't talk about anything because it was just too much, like, too hard, too painful. And then he started to shut out anybody who would try and offer any help or support. And so he was suffering in such a deep way. And um, I just watched him deteriorate and deteriorate over time. You think time makes it better. It was making it worse for us. <laughs> um, but and I, and I really think it's so hard to see our loved ones suffer. And I think many of you have, are maybe in there at the moment or have been in there. But um, after experiencing how powerful God's love is for us, um, his unconditional love, he just spoke this into me. He said to me, go and love him like I've loved you. Just go and love him. And right there and then, that felt so powerful to me. And I knew in that moment, I made a decision. I'm petitioning to the Lord. You are going to heal him because that is your mahi, not mine. <laughs> and I am making a decision that I'm just going to love him. If he can't talk, all good. We sit in silence. If it's no time pressures, if it's 80 years from now and you are still stuck on that couch, then I'm just going to be here with you. That's all good. That's where we're going to be. No limits, no expectations. I'm just loving you. You know, like loving you the same way that Jesus did. And it was so powerful. What I noticed over the next, over the next few weeks, um, the first few days, I remember him laying on the couch and we'd put on a movie. We'd sit with him to put on a movie and, um, and I'd, he'd watch for like two minutes and then he'd turn his back over and go to sleep. But, you know, that was okay because we didn't need him to watch it with us. We didn't need to be communicating or anything like that. That's fine. We're just still here for you. And he actually said afterwards, like, you know, a while after, that that was really powerful. He had nothing to give. He couldn't have a conversation. He couldn't anything. But we stuck with him and he said it really, that was a really massive thing. It's what he needed just to be loved. Um, and then also a few days later, um, he actually mustered the energy to sit outside and he was sitting there drinking a coffee for like two hours, just sitting there watching the kids play on the lawn. And kids are great at this. They didn't ask him to interact with them. They just played. And our kids are crazy. So whatever they were doing, I don't even remember. But as he's sitting there, I remember watching him and he watched them just being whack and he just smiled. And, I, and it was just the most amazing thing because I hadn't seen this man smile for so as long as I can remember. It's like the spirit of depression was just being lifted off him. God was healing him. And I knew what a miracle was occurring in that moment. It was so powerful. Like I didn't underestimate it. Um, I could see God at work. And then also from there, he just continued to be loved back into wellness. And it was just the most, um, most powerful thing. Um, Sorry, guys. I, uh, there's a verse here that says 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7. And it says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Praise God. His unconditional love for us is just something else. It completely cuts through every barrier. This is just the most powerful way to love people. This is how we are loved. We love because he first loved us, so we could do this in him. Um, 
And I just wanted to say too, this is how God loves us. So if you are feeling that you're in the darkest valley today, just know that in that valley, that God is standing right there with you and that he sees your suffering and that it matters to him because you matter to him. And don't ever think that the presence of suffering means the absence of God because it doesn't. <laughs> um, and there's actually a verse that talks about that. Um, Romans 8.38, I think, and it says that nothing can separate us from God's love at all. Praise God. So experiencing his love has obviously completely moved and changed me um, in my life. <laughs> I feel like getting to know his love more, but I also know that I probably haven't even started touching the edges of what I can experience. You know, he wants to just keep filling us till the day we die more and more and more and more, and then for all eternity in heaven. But um, let's just pray for God to just, us to just experience him. Let's just have that desire and seek God in that today. Father God, we just thank you so much that for who you are, that you are love. We stand here in awe of you and the way that you love us. It just blows our mind. It is far deeper and wider and longer and higher and bigger than we could ever imagine, God. And I just thank you so much that this is your will that we just experience your love, Jesus. Um, and so I just pray, Father God, we sit here with expectant hearts and spirits, Jesus, and we just pray that we can experience your love in a greater way this week, Jesus that you just pour it out on us, even though we won't even understand it. Let us experience it, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Yes, you are good, Lord. Praise you. Amen.